two, rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach broadcasting from Studios 353, and today we have a very special guest, Nashville's own and one half of the dynamic duo of the Acro Mutants, Coach Dustin Del Rio. How's it going, man? Good. Good. Good to be here. Thanks for Uh, coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, man. That's great. So, funny story. (laughs) Right off the bat, <laughs> uh, in the in the weeks just before quarantine, early 2020, I had actually signed up for I believe a six week handstand course led by Dustin, and we got I think two weeks in, uh, two sessions, and then quarantine. But I will say this. You, I believe in either that first or that second class, got me to my very first freestanding handstand. That's because you're naturally athletic and he's a great coach, so clearly. We'll call that a, a Belichick and Brady moment. How about that? <laughs> those uh, those res- results are not uh, <laughs> typical. Results not typical. <laughs> but, asterisk. He, he did have the background for it. He's got a lot of... Body awareness, obviously, from the things that you've done in the past. And you just need a few cues. Most individuals do not have any body awareness. Right. Mm, right. I'm going to say none. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I don't know. So, so I have a very obvious and easy, maybe easy, maybe not easy question. What do you think... If if you've got people who don't have a, lot, a ton of body awareness, why do you think of all things that they could possibly get into? They're like, you know what? I want to learn how to handstand or handstand walk. Like that, I look at that and I'm like, that feels extreme. Like that feels really hard. Like of all things that you could engage in physical activity wise, that feels like a really tough one right off the bat. I think you coming from background of movement, maybe you understand. You're like, I know that it's gonna take some things to be able to do that. Yeah. I think other people just see the visual of it. Okay. And they're like, that looks really cool. I'd like to do that one day. Okay. And then they hear like, oh, there's a class. And somebody's teaching beginners. And they're like, I'll go check it out. Yeah. They said anybody could come, so I'm here. Okay. And uh, there's a lot. Of, it's it's interesting, though. You do get a lot of... Um, there's, there's a ton of different challenges, just like with training. But... People that, um, I find that the best people that pick it up pretty quickly are those that have fallen before. So, I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but sports mm-hmm. in general, you fall all the time. So, you learn how to hit the ground and roll and, sure. and you're not, you, you end up not being afraid of falling. Sure, and so, I think sure. that's one of the biggest steps that hand st- new handstanders have to, have to get through to be able to start making progress. So if you already are like, hey, I'm pretty strong on my arms. If I fall, I'm gonna roll or I'll be fine. Sure. You're good to you're gonna pick it up more because you're more apt to do it in open spaces and go to the level where you need to go, which is basically almost falling, um, to learn the skill. Yeah. So to maybe state the obvious, or for anybody who doesn't uh, or who isn't familiar with Dustin. You are a, what I would consider, like, maybe a handstand specialist, a handstand guru, maybe. (laughs) But, like, I've seen you do more impressive things on your hands than 
most people can do on two feet. Well, I was going to say, don't sell them short because it's not even just that. It's, you know, balancing another human being in the air. Oh, yeah, right. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, just getting we're, started. We're getting, all right, so we're start, just, right. just getting, starting the shallow end. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, so acro mutants. So, emphasis on the mutant part there as well. But every mutant has an origin story. Oh, buddy. That's That's right. Or every every superhero has has an origin story. (laughs) So, certainly you didn't, you weren't born walking on your hands. Um, So, maybe before we get uh, too much into maybe like the nitty gritty training stuff, which I'm, I'm super interested in picking your brain about, give us. Give us the background. How, you know, what was the role of fitness in your life growing up? How did you get into training? And then maybe how did the whole calisthenics and acro yoga, uh, circus tricks, how did all that kind of find its way into your life? It's a lot of story there, but we'll start. So that's what a podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I played uh, sports growing up, played football, uh, was a pole vaulter, did track and field, did a little basketball, did baseball. So as an athlete growing up, my stepdad actually is the one who taught me how to uh, lift weights. He took me when I was about 12 or 13. And he was a, uh, he's a bodybuilder. So he did bodybuilding. He said he was clean back in those days. (laughs) Could be questionable. I don't know. When people say that, but my, anyway, my lifetime step, natty certified. My, <laughs> step, my stepdad, my stepdad was jacked, and he taught me how to lift weights, and he did a great job. And now I will say that I had a knack for it, and I wasn't because I've trained teenagers before, and they could be very challenging. I he, he taught me to go slow, feel the 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 movements, learn which muscles I was activating, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was a huge thing. That kind of mind muscle connection was really big growing up but anyway that's how i got into like lifting weights and stuff and playing sports as a kid when i got into college i didn't know what i wanted to do uh i went to a career fair and they had kinesiology and it was you know stuff that i was into sports muscles how it works the adaptations of exercise and learning more about the body and i was always interested in that and i was good at it so i was like hey i'm gonna dive into that so that's what i ended up studying uh, when I got out of school, I started training at a Y in Chattanooga. That's where I graduated UTC. Um, I had some awesome mentors there. Luckily, just like really cool dudes. The the head of the wellness center there, a couple of the trainers were just really smart, really good dudes. Um, so I, I kind of got a good start from them. I ended up uh, trans- transitioning from just gym life to the hospital life. I got a job in as an exercise physiologist at St. Thomas Rutherford. That was getting more into the clinical side of things with with cardiac rehab, pulmonary rehab, all that stuff. Uh, Found out that that was really cool, but I was feeling like I was working with, well, I was working with the oldest population that there was. And everything I did, although you needed a lot of knowledge, just in case something went wrong, everything we did was very basic. So um, I started to want to get into different avenues. You know, CrossFit's going on and people are doing different things. And I wanted to, I wanted to get out and, and do different things and help people um, of all different backgrounds. So at this point, you're in your early 20s-ish. Yep. And 
calisthenics proper hadn't necessarily found its way into your into your life. I had not done calisthenics up until this point at all. Okay. I've done strength training. Right. I was a big um, you know fan of strength. The guys that I learned to train with uh, were big on you know functional training, major lifts, you know push pull, single leg, double leg. That's it. Keep it simple. Keep it consistent. Grind. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. that's yeah, you yeah. know that's my mindset. And uh, you know and we were talking earlier in Andy's point of his question of you know have you tried being strong? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Being strong because of my strength background has helped me in every skill that I've acquired and has mm. helped me probably acquire it a little quicker than, than if I hadn't had that for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. There is certainly, I think, probably a lot of the, the nitty-gritty science is a little over my head, but there is a certain kind of special, I think, adaptation, strength adaptation that you get from calisthenics based training when you are moving your body as your primary mode of resistance and then obviously there's more traditional weightlifting or or machine based um training and i don't think either one is right or wrong you know if you would have asked me at a certain point in time you know in my life i would have said you know free weights are the way to go with a sprinkling of bodyweight training. And then maybe I would have reversed that a little bit. I would have said bodyweight training with a sprinkling of free weights is the way to go. And you know, now, obviously with time and experience, I can really see how just traditional strength training with weights and maybe machines can be a good foundation for calisthenics or bodyweight training, as well as vice versa. So it's, uh, it's interesting that, you know, you had kind of the more of the, uh, dare we say, like stereotypical, like weightlifting background before you ever even got into the, the wacky circus stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's what gave me a good foundation for that stuff. I think what, what got me, um, you know, mentally from what I was doing kind of into that stuff was uh, I was getting older, not old, but getting older as far as I didn't play any sports anymore. So, you know, I played some rec recreational, you know, uh, softball, whatever. I didn't really need training for that. And I uh, saw some skills that looked cool and I wanted to try them. And I started learning these different things. And I realized that, you know, they're very challenging. <laughs> they're very fun, though. And I wanted something fun that kind of went with my training. So it gave me something. They, they both kind of work together. So I, I, as far as like, I'm not like on a plane of like everybody, you know, you all need to do calisthenics. Like if you're not doing calisthenics, what's wrong with you? It's kind of the, the strength training gave me a, a base and a, and a the, or the calisthenics and the acrobatics gave me a reason to do weightlifting. Like, mm. like oh. gave me a, get, you know, I want to, I want to train a little harder now so that I could get this skill over here. Right. And so, right. and it helped that way. Oh, and so cool. I, they kind of both went together. So I wasn't always one. And there are, you know, as you get into like, you learn a little bit of that calisthenics world and there are a lot of really strong beasts, but you also learn that all those beasts are about five, six, <laughs> 150 pounds. So. Yeah. 
It's a little. It's a little different. The the Zach Henderson model, <laughs> also known as the Zach Henderson model. Yeah. Tactical <laughs> size. Yes. Tactical Very size. tactical. You might be switching gears pretty soon. You might be doing some different uh, fitness endeavors. You know, um, a, a lot of people will ask me if I did gymnastics growing up, and I I'm always a little. Uh, Maybe Are you offended? Sh- no, no, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, uh, gymnasts, I mean, obviously, it's all beauties in the eye of the beholder. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the uh, Olympic athletes, and the gymnasts are kind of some of the most yoked <laughs> guys and girls yoked, out there. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're so big. Very yoked. So, you know, compact, but dense. Yeah. Um, and so being asked if I am or was a gymnast, I always take as a, uh, a great compliment. But I'm... I'm always a little uh, uh, disappointed to say that, uh, no, unfortunately, I did not do gymnastics growing up. And I kind of wish I had because I did not take to ball sports very well. My hand-eye was not super great. And, uh, you know, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, never really found anything that struck my fancy. Um, and the closest I ever got was, uh, was wrestling. And obviously, like you can basically be blind and, and do that. And I, <laughs> I was uh, legally blind for uh, for a long while. I had big, thick glasses and that whole thing. And oh, me too. We need to talk about this off air. Yeah, uh, have I we have pictures. About I, look, I looked like uh, uh, Harry Potter. I anyway. look. I look like Drew Carey. Oh, that'd be. <laughs> <funny. laughs> I love that. A little round around the edges I and love a it. crew cut and big old glasses. Oh man! Yeah. All right, we have more in common than I thought. Well, we've right. we've all come a long way, but um, yeah, where were we going with that? Sports and gymnastics and all that good stuff. So, so you had kind of dedicated yourself career-wise to something in fitness, in training, kinesiology, the general kind of fitness realm. So how did the exit from the medical uh, environment come about? Man, that's pretty wild. So, and this is just kind of like entrepreneurial, you know, stuff when, when you want to start your own business, there's never a, a good time to do it. You have to take some risks. I, uh, I had an opportunity where basically we had a family friend who owned a business downtown they had a warehouse in the back that they weren't doing anything with. And they said, hey, if you want, you can, uh, you know, we, like I had the idea of starting my own place um, and happened to have a family friend with a place that I could start it. And they were like, you know what? We won't charge you any rent. You come do this. Get started. Get your clients. Get built up. Sounds great. For the first year or whatever, and then whenever you know you're ready, you can find a place, branch out wherever. Mm. That was the initial thing I needed to to make the leap, to quit my job and say, okay. So so that that was my initial leap, but it's not over. <laughs> I've I quit my job. I was gonna say, I'm still not paying rent. I, yeah, I, I quit my job. I uh, I bought I, I spent about $2,500 that I had saved up on equipment that I, I felt like base equipment that I needed to run trainings and some small groups or whatever. I got two weeks in, had a few clients, had some family friends that really helped out. Two weeks in, 
they let me know that they are breaking their lease with their landlord mm. because things are not going right. And I have till the end of the month to find my own place. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Right? Ouch. Yeah. So I, uh, I went to Craigslist was big back then. And uh, I was searching all kinds of things, office space, whatever I could find. I had never done this before. I'm like, oh, now I got to find a place to rent. I don't know what I'm going to do. I end up finding the place that we are at now on Eugenia Avenue. We've oh, been wow. there since 2013. So I found that place. I went in. It was just bought by the new tenants. So they had just bought this. They haven't. They didn't even know about it much. I remember meeting them. They're like, oh, yeah, you, you want one of these? Here you go. Like, this is, will this work? And I'm like, yeah, it'll work. <laughs> oh, we'll figure it out. It used to have office space in the front. And there was a small kind of garage warehouse gym in the back. I was, I don't know why, I always wanted like a, a, a garage gym, warehouse gym. I think I was excited, one, to, to train, like I said, get out of the uh, the medical world and train different, you know, populations, do some different things. I also just was super excited to have my own gym that I'd go train at any time. I know Andy's probably living that up right now, and it's it's just nice. It's very nice. Yeah. So I was super excited about that. But that that that's where I ended up. So I went from wow. no rent to rent in two weeks. <laughs> Not even a full month. And it was a numbers game. I knew, I knew I was like, if I could get this many people in all of Nashville, I could eat. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I needed. So that, it was good. Because I, I probably wouldn't have stepped out if it, on my own at that time if it wasn't for the offer. Sure. Yeah. But I ended up going all the way to, you know... Uh, you know, brick and mortar uh, overhead right away. So I, you know, it didn't it didn't last that long, but it did get me out. So that's that's that was my story. Yeah, that's right. stressful. You get pushed into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> that's right. See if you your, can swim. And your life jacket gets ripped off. Yeah. If you learn how to doggy paddle real fast. Hmm. See, I was the opposite. I did not want to open a gym. I was complete opposite. I was like, I love not owning my own space. Now that I'm on this side of it, love it. I don't think I could ever go back. But, I mean, I did not want to. But anyway, it's not about me. It's not about him. No, I mean, but that's, I, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, well, you know. I could see the benefit. I mean, there's benefits on both sides. Yeah. And definitely there's a benefit in not having all that risk on your head. Right. You right. Know? Well, and, you know, like to your point, like I, I can open my gym whenever I want to. And I can work whatever hours I want to. The advantage is that those are all the advantages. The disadvantages being like it's a lot more risk. At McCabe, I got holidays off. Like government holidays i had a day off and like i didn't own the space so i didn't have to clean it you know i put my stuff away but like i wasn't on the hook to like clean it or keep the lights on or if the bathroom flooded i didn't have to worry about <laughs> not your it. problem it's not my problem and now all of those things are my problem so it's just different though i can't say it's it's you know it is better but you know there's some things about it that you're like Ugh. yeah i uh i just changed the uh water pump and flapper out of uh, one of the toilets last yeah, week it's so. super fun to that's that uh, that's uh, it's yours it's yours yeah. it's always it's exciting really, yeah it's always really great <laughs> when something's failing and you're like oh and i also have to train 17 people but okay you know this thing's not working great okay but anyway yeah it's your baby you change the diapers i literally today so they had been doing work on the building that i'm in to i guess patch the roof and I thought what was on the ground was what looked like chocolate syrup. And there's a cake place right next door. So I thought they had spilled like chocolate syrup. No, it was like black tar. 
and it was very sticky. And I literally, for every session, I went outside because it was right outside my door. And I was like, hey, don't step in that and bring it into the gym because I don't know how I'm going to get it off the floor if you do. Because I stepped in it and my foot was like, like peeling off oh. the ground. It was bad. So, and that's not even my problem. That That's the building maintenance. They had right. to f- figure that out. I took hot water. I, I, I made a, a pot of hot water from my coffee maker thinking it was sugar, you know, chocolate. And like doused it, and it didn't peel up. I was like, "Uh oh, something's wrong." Here. Anyway, that's you know, it's like stuff like that where I'm like, "All right, now there's black tar spilled on the patio, and please don't track that in because I don't know how I'm gonna get it off my floor." Yeah, yeah. these are the things that are not in the entrepreneurial textbook. Yeah, everybody loves black to tar removal. I tell people all this, this <laughs> all the time because I do the the guest lectures at MTSU, and these kids, you know. I, there are a lot of kids that want to open a gym and I'm like let me tell you <laughs> you think you just get to coach all day long and that'd be sweet and honestly that's mostly what I do I suppose but there is a large chunk of that like behind the scenes where it's like oh I, gotta, I need a vacuum and mop and I need to clean the bathroom and this isn't working and this isn't working and this isn't working and I gotta hang this artwork and do these programs and it's, it's a lot and do your podcast and do the podcast the coaching part is much smaller than it once was yeah. So, well, anyway. that's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are the things that um, it's the uh, it's the beautiful mess of working for yourself, owning your own business, especially in the physical environment, having your own brick and mortar, um, which is obviously something that I don't uh, I can't relate to right now. But you know, I've I've been on uh, maybe the polar opposite side which is like the corporate bureaucratic environment and not obviously not to the same degree where like everything's kind of on your shoulder so to speak but again it's like the actual trading part is a much smaller piece of the pie than you hope it would be mm-hmm. especially like in the corporate environment it's more of the not as fun stuff like selling and prospecting and dealing with red tape and you know all of the bureaucratic nonsense that comes with multiple layers of management weighing down on top of you but uh but that's a story for another day back to dustin <laughs> well so what I, so so here's the thing though yeah. here and here's what's different is that, like you worked at lifetime fitness which is a big organization at my level and your level, I mean, there are like how many square feet do you guys have? Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred square feet. I have like seven hundred, not even six hundred eighty square feet. So, where you have to deal with all the bureaucratic stuff, like our operations, relatively speaking, are pretty easy, like pretty straightforward. Like we don't have to worry about corporate being like, well, your numbers are whatever. I have to worry about me being like, oh, my numbers are whatever. You know, <laughs> HR is me. Management is me. Coaching is me. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's it, point being, like, I don't have to worry about a lot of that, th- those details because it's just that small. And I do appreciate that. And I'm sure you probably do, too. Um, but, again, to kind of circle it back to Dustin because he's our guest. Um, all right. So, you, you... Well, you know what they say, Andy. Your boss is always a jackass. <laughs> Whether you're working for yourself or I've, somebody else. I've made that joke a dozen times. I'm like, oh, my boss is a fucking dick. Yeah. 
So yeah. And there yeah. and there's the explicit warning on today's podcast. <laughs> I always rate them explicit anyway. You did it. You brought it hard. I, I, expl- I rate broke them it explicit. And Andy does bring it. You ripped e, that band aid right off. They're all rated E, okay? Every single all seventy episodes are rated E. <laughs> so rip the band aid off. I said fuck. E for your enjoyment. Yeah. Enjoy the word fun. There you go. Anyway, so we're <laughs> so we're back to all right. So you got out of the medical field. You opened a gym. It, two weeks in, you had to you had to move, and then that was 2013. So you've been there for almost 10 years now, which is actually phenomenal. Like a lot of gyms fold pretty quickly. Most gyms fold pretty quickly. To be in the same location for nine years is pretty stellar. I hope that I can be. Where I'm at, unless I expand and, and need to grow like bigger, I hope that I can be there for you a will. long time. You will. You have you have such a nice uh, or or a good client base that you've built up that's that's geared around you and the community you built. Yeah, I I had to. I mean, I had that's and you, you, we, I've heard you talk about how like you have like no social uh, uh, presence no at all. Social media. Yeah, but not having my clientele built up in the beginning, I had to go socially. Oh, I had. Sure. I had to call the horns. I had to tell everybody about what was going on and had to bring all that in. So there, were, there's a lot of that marketing that had to go in that I didn't care for. I did a bunch of it. It it worked out. But like, yeah, of course you would like to just train your clients and mm-hmm. come up with cool new things to like work for them and what they're going through. But there's so many other things outside of that. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Or where we were going, but well, so just the evolution of the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you open your doors. You're a uh, sole proprietor. Um, I guess it was just you at the time, right? Yep. Fairly yeah. new in town, right? Yeah, where did you move or, to Nashville? So uh, oh, I didn't say where I was. From. I'm. You I, said from you from Chattanooga. Right? I was. I'm, I was actually. I was born in Hawaii. I grew up between Hawaii and Vegas. You guys didn't know this. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Throwing it on you. Uh, we moved to Nashville in 99. So I, I call up my stomping grounds because I went to high school in Nashville. Sure. I went to Johnny O. Johnny oh, O. Really? A little call out. But yeah, so Bobcats, baby. Bobcats. Uh, but so I, so I, I moved. We moved here in 99. Went to high school here. I went to school in Colorado. Went to school in Chattanooga. Finished up. Lived in Chattanooga for a couple of years. I moved back to Nashville in 2010. Okay. So that's when I started the hospital. And then 2013... Three years later, I opened. At the time, was Core Fitness Nashville. It's now the Calisthenics Training Center. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. I remember all those days. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I moved back in 2012, 2013. Yeah. I started a job, and then four months later, that gym closed. And so that's how I ended up where I'm at now. Anyway, but yeah. All right, it's Calisthenics Training Center. That would be my special delivery. Oh, do you have to answer that door right now. No, I do not. Oh, okay. okay. No, we have, we have concierge delivery in the uh, in the apartment complex, so it's pretty nice. I thought those were animals. Very cool. Did you Very get cool. a dog? I did too. I was like, I did not see an animal when we came in, and I heard something scratching. It definitely sounded <laughs> like squishy shoes. It or? did sound like a dog scratch. I thought I was like, Dan, did you get a dog? You didn't tell me. I think the delivery people like to make it a point to like they like scratch. I'm, uh, I'm coming to like crunch to like crunch the wrapping, uh, crunch the packaging, the durability of whatever's in there, and like rub it up against the door <laughs> before the you know and then the ASMR. can you smell this yeah in, here in case uh, you're napping like yeah so um <laughs> yeah that's that no no surprise dog in the house 
Okay. Um, but yeah, so so your spot was at first called Core Fitness. Nashville. Nashville. Great name. It's a good name. I think, that, I think you and spot. I actually met for the first time in 2013-ish, I think. We met. We, like, we met. We we had coffee at Panera. Yeah, yeah. that was like 2013, maybe late 2013, early 2014, something like that. I think. I have no idea what it said, but I, I do remember. remember a, yeah, I remember. I remember us meeting up and talking business. Yeah, shooting shop. Yeah, because you had. Yeah, because you had your own space, and I think that I, this was right after my the gym that I was working for had closed, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, where am I going?" And you had opened your spot, so I, was, I, I think it was on social media. I think I hollered at you, and I was like, "Hey, let's go get coffee and talk." So yeah, that was the first time you and I had met was way back then. Um, so yeah, I was pretty new into that space. Um, how I got into you guys, we keep getting into this where like how I got into the weird stuff, <laughs> the calisthenics and the acrobatics. Well, all right, so in, all right, so in fairness, we've talked a million times about deadlift, squats, bench press. So we can skip a, we can gloss all over all that. The good stuff. Yeah, let's get to the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> We have, I mean, we have. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, the stuff that we can't do, the handstands. I was going to say, the, our audience is stuff that's like, we don't want to hear about deadlifts anymore. That is the feedback that we're getting. Yeah. Too much deadlift talk. <laughs> so I, I got into, so what's funny is I moved back to Nashville, and I moved in with um, my my best friend's brother, a house that I uh, frequented a lot when I was in high school. Um, he was there had a couple of roommates, moved in with him. He was actually teaching yoga at the time and was doing a bit of acro yoga. I always thought that's something really cool that he does, you know? Like I saw him do it. He was the one that that was doing it first before me and and uh, he invited me to a Halloween acro shindig at a place. So people in Nashville were doing acro. I I have to give a shout out to Steadfast and True Yoga. That's one of the, the very first places that started teaching acro classes. Um, so that's where we went. Had a blast. They needed strong people, you guys, to hold people up. Imagine that. Instead of weights, you're holding people up. So I went. I was like, ah, you know, it sounded, you know, at the time the name was acro yoga. And a lot of people in the acro community, just like all communities, they some take offense to that. Sure. Some sure. just want to call it acrobatics, the circus folk and the athletes and there's a there's a whole realm of things. But anyway, so you know, there's a there's a thought that like, oh, you need to be super flexible to be able to do this and whatever else. So and I, I had some of those too. I wasn't a super flexible person. So but I was strong and I went, held some people up. It was fun. Had a good time. And was like, hey, I'll I'll try it. And it was also hard. It was like chat like things that you'd be like, that's not that hard. And it's hard, like you know, anything new. You'd it would be weird the the different types of muscles that you would use in these different things. But you would learn techniques, and basically, what what acro yoga is is basically it's I mean it's acrobatics. So when you go to a circus show and you see people doing acro, back in the day that was only skills done in families, and it was only passed down in families. And at some point. There were some, I, I don't know the entire history, but there was a group of people that started to share that with communities, and it was kind of a fun skill thing, and that's where like the big kind of acro yoga boom started happening, which was around that time in acrobatics and in recreational acrobatics, where you could go and learn these skills, and it was the, the, the lower level skills that built up to what you would see at a Cirque du Soleil show, 
which is pretty cool. So, so we started learning these things. So basically, that's how I got started. I went to a couple classes. I got pulled to a, I didn't even know these things existed. I got pulled into like a four-day intensive in Chattanooga. And we learned, I feel like I learned like six months of acrobatics in one weekend. It was unbelievable. We learned so many different skills and I was so sore and dead, (laughs) throwing people around and grabbing them. And when you learn these skills, you're not good at them. You're not efficient at them. So you destroy yourself <laughs> trying to, especially as a base, trying to uh, throw people up. But, uh, but that's how I got into acrobatics. And one of the main skills in acrobatics that whether you're basing or flying, um, one of the, the core skills is the handstand. And that's because one of the top skills in, in standing acrobatics is holding somebody in an extended hand-to-hand. Standing. So you are pretty much in a handstand mm. as a base. The flyers obviously have to learn handstand. So that's where I started learning handstand. Um, that's how I met my fiance, was she was the only girl at the time that I knew that could do a handstand. And I wanted to work the skill where I held somebody in a handstand. So that's how we got together and started training the skill. We wanted to learn the skill together. So we ended up really enjoying the practice it was fun we wanted to learn more like everything that i get into i'm like oh you know let's get certified so we we went to like we did a six month certification course um through a place and got certified and we traveled and taught at different acro festivals for a little while just on the side you know which was super fun so so that was kind of like how i got into that and then that kind of turned into handstands which are some calisthenic stuff wow so it almost came down to the random chance and opportunity uh, that came about just from having this particular roommate living in this particular house. That's and one thing leads to leads to the other. That's what happens when you wow. live with a roommate who did something a little weird. Is into something cool. <laughs> oh, that's into something of, cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's cool for sure. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, um, and your uh, now fiance, and I guess forever training partner now. That's right. That's Ashley right. Dance. Well, I'm, for that matter, would love to hear her story if she's uh, if she's willing to come on a podcast. But uh, she was uh, a, a Nashville native. Was she training at the time? What was what was her kind of backstory there? How you guys met? She's a Nashville native. Um. She was also a trainer. I can't remember if she was training at Life Fitness Academy or I think it was Life Fitness Academy at the time. So she was doing trainings and stuff. She grew up, she's, she was a gymnast. So she had a lot of these skills kind of built in as far as for acrobatics. She was great. There's um, there's an amazing, the very, one of the very first like big uh, acro festivals that came to Nashville. Uh, we went and she did this skill it's called a Jaeger to hand to hand and it's it's basically like doing a front handspring and somebody throws you and you do a flip and you land in a handstand in somebody's hands and she had never this is a skill that probably people train years to achieve and uh, she got it that day with a bunch of there were some cheerleaders there that are good at throwing people and catching them sure and they were like oh gymnast you know how to do a flip? All right, I'm going to throw you. Flip. Handstand. 
I, I got a video I have to show you guys. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. But so, like, initially, she was, like, already, like, ready for this level that was insane. Um, but, yeah, she I she would... She'd, she'll come on. I think she'll come on. Oh, that's nuts. She might come on. Do you think, well, <clears throat> do you think that her, her skill set and your interest, like, that complements so that y'all just kept pursuing this, this arena of fitness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, and, you know, and she, she had a little bit more, um, she influenced me a lot on the acro and calisthenics side. And, you know, obviously we just wanted to train different skills together. So we'd start training together and learn different things. And then she got me and we we're doing handstands and got me into a little bit more calisthenics stuff, some levers and different, different things to play around with. And, and that's where I, I got into that. So I got a calisthenics certification and learned a little bit of that and, uh, I wanted to incorporate that into some some things as well. So it was fun. Right on. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's the power of, uh, I mean, on the one hand, you could say, sure, you guys were meant to be together. And on the other side, that's like the power of, uh, I mean, just physically, I, sh- I should say the whole, this whole idea of going through hard physical challenges with another person creates uh, creates a powerful bond. I mean, I think that's kind of half the, uh, that's probably half the approach of, uh, you know, like military boot camp. You go through something very physically intense with somebody and you obviously create a very strong bond. So I can imagine having uh, this training partner with Ashley where you guys are doing something a little in the left field, something very... Uh, almost death-defying in a certain kind of way, defying gravity, all that stuff. Um, yeah, it makes sense why you guys are, um, you know, again, now life training partners. Tie in the knot. Yeah, tie in the knot. Tie in yeah. the knot in and, October. And I will say, I will never forget the Nashville Fit Magazine launch party. I remember seeing you all there. At H-Dub CrossFit. Is that still a thing? I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember. No, and you, you and Ashley were throwing packed. each other around. It was packed. It was packed in that little gym. It was gym. very packed. And yeah. you guys were throwing each other around. And, and you like, guys, guys were flying yeah. across the room, and nice. I was like, <laughs> some, uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember specifically if there was alcohol there. I think there was, but I'm pretty was. sure I had a drink in my hand, and I was thinking like, somebody's gonna get hurt. <laughs> How are these people doing this? Somebody's going to get hurt. But no, you guys are just super professional, up and down and all around. And I was I was totally starstruck by which, what you guys were doing. Man, it's a good memory. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I was fairly new in town at that time. Yeah. I feel like I met... Didn't I meet you there? I think so. I think so. I didn't meet you, meet you, but like we... Saw you there. Saw you there. Yeah. yeah. I will see you there. Or I will <laughs> see you at another time. Yeah. Uh, all right so all right so now fa- so let's fast forward so you've got a few years under your belt now as, as far as the calisthenics and the, the acrobatics um i guess i'm curious you, you know when i watch your social media and i see some of the, the stuff that you you guys are doing it you guys make it look easy if it looked bad i'm sure it wouldn't be on social media but you make it look easy um is this is going to sound like a dumb question but i think the audience probably is, is wondering when you're the stuff that we're watching on your social media, is it does it feel routine? Kind of like maybe a deadlift might feel routine for me and Zach. Is it routine, or are you really dialed in? Like like 
um, consciously, physically, like I like really dialed in, or is it sort of like a, for lack of a better word, is it sort of like a, like like dance, like you're just kind of going through the motions, everything feels natural. No, it's you definitely have to be dialed in, and what Zach touched on earlier is you definitely build a a, a bit of trust, mm-hmm. and that's what helps you. Especially when you connect skills, it, it, when you do skill training versus just um, you know regular training, there's a lot more, uh, like I said, locked in focus. Things have to go a certain way. You have to know how somebody bails. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things too, like learning skills with another person. So with acrobatics, it's it's knowing enough times where we've done a skill enough times where I know if it goes wrong, I know how it's going to go wrong or, or the options that it could go wrong and how Ashley's going to turn out of this thing. Yeah. And that gives us confidence to go, go and, and do the skills. Oh, wow. But it, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a, a, a different, uh, thing, especially cause you got to do your job and you got to trust that the other person's doing their job. Right. So a base is supposed to, create a solid um you know uh, bottom for the person up top to move about on so i have to do my job no matter what and i can't do the other person's job which is challenging especially Mm -hmm. you know everybody likes to be able to be in total control and when you got two people going through things you have to trust each other that i'm going to do my job and they're going to do their job and that's how we're going to achieve this skill and that's that takes a lot of time, takes a lot of practice, and and getting to know somebody. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like this because it is a stark contrast to typical like strength training, which is a very individual sport, right? Like when you're deadlifting, squatting, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's an individual thing. You either do it or you don't. You don't have to rely on somebody else to to do their job. Like you, you know, you're on your own. I do like this in a way because it's a physical expression that also relies on somebody. It, I play team sport. You play team sports. Yeah. It, you know, when you play team sports, like, you know, you know your your job. You can do other people's jobs for them if you have to, but you know your, your you know, parameters. And when things go sideways, it's tough because you can't, you know, you get to rely on other people. I do like that about the, like, the acrobatics part, like, you know, the bleed into the fitness part. Because otherwise, like today when I was lifting, I was on my own. And the only time you and I, like Saturdays when we lift, it's it's a partnership, it's, it's a team effort. But like you got to do the thing, I got to do the thing. If you don't do the thing, I can still do the thing. You know, <laughs> I like this. Yeah. It, like it's a total reliance on on that other individual to like to do their part and and also like being really in tune with how people move. I do. I kind of like that. It, it's a different avenue in fitness that I've never experienced. Yeah, a training partner, another human being, can be the most uh, powerful training tool. Right, but this one, she's on top, or like she's in the air over him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> that's that's different. I mean. If if you failed on your bear crawl the other day, I would have been like, bruh. <laughs> but it, you know, no, if he doesn't do his job. <laughs> yeah. Well, it speaks to the um, yeah. You know, like uh, the other parallel we can draw with like uh, martial arts, jujitsu, grappling. It's like uh, you can't. Uh, some I think some of the most potent and useful and valuable forms of training is something that involves your interaction with another person. Dance. 
all, all sorts of dancing style, all sorts of martial arts, uh, acro yoga, partner yoga, all that stuff. So yeah, there's really, uh, there's really something special about that. And uh, basically what I'm saying is, is that Andy Van, I feel like you should incorporate some real partner training into, uh, into your programming. I do. I mean, not like that. Not like with Dustin. I'm but... thinking that Dustin and Ashley maybe could come in and give your clients a little uh, a little workshop, and maybe you can start incorporating some. We could probably do some that. acro warm ups. I mean, we could probably. I just need a lot of mats. Some you team, might also some, need some more insurance. Some team building exercises. Uh, yeah, well, let me double check my insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably fine, but I need to double check my but insurance all policy. But all that, all that to say. Um, yeah, when I when I imagine something like my dream gym, it would, or you know, my dream kind of uh, maybe small group training setup. There is something really really cool about even if you're not doing the super duper fancy handstand stuff, having some sort of maybe, you know, I took a, a basic acro yoga workshop years ago where you kind of do like partner planks and and that yeah, kind of yeah. thing, partner push ups and um you know obviously not everybody wants to you know touch their training partner in that kind of way like on monday morning at 5 45 a.m or whatever the case may be <laughs> um but yeah there is something really really special i think physiologically emotionally about a uh, physical practice that involves another person i mean well, totally platonically and, and, and well in their safety too um yeah Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. No, no, no. Yeah, no, and and you can't, like I said, you, you can't. You guys are both working towards a skill, and you have to work together. It's a, it is a total team effort to where you know one person can't can't do the skill by themselves. So you have to figure out, you know, and communicate that. Which actually has been, I mean, we we've done workshops. There's actually there's a Thursday night class which I'll I'll promote at the end of this. We have some people that teach at our at our place on Thursday nights if anybody does want to come and try this stuff. Um, but it, it's been it's great for for couples, for not for people coming in and and it's amazing like to try to build a uh, an interesting atmosphere where you want it to be a, a nice safe atmosphere and in the line of communication between people like, "Oh, why don't you hold me up here?" <laughs> Put your be stronger, you know. Like there, there's a lot of things that people say automatically, which aren't very nice, and so you get that opportunity to uh, to hear and and for them to learn some corrections and like, hey, why don't you just uh, tell them what you're feeling? You tell them what you're feeling, and then you guys bring it together. It's Bro, a, you're like a couple's thing, counselor. It is. It, it, there like is some of that. There's it? some of that that happens uh, <laughs> with acrobatics, which is which That's is pretty incredible. funny. But, that, that very much is like. But it is counselor. a very challenging. Like I feel like yeah, if, if somebody's gonna get married, they should go through an acro class yeah. and see how they come out if they're not just completely hating each other. I was gonna say I've been <laughs> yelling couples at counseling, and this found this was I was like looking in a mirror. <laughs> how are you? How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Communication is is everything, and uh, yeah, you might you might really be onto something there. But also with back to lifting wise, as far as a base is concerned, these are all. It's amazing, but once you get in these positions, they're all very similar to what you guys know from lifting. So mm. if I'm holding somebody in a low standing hand to hand, it's a front rack position. Mm. So oh. all the positions to hold a bar here, I'm there. If I go extended, it's obviously an extended press. 
from the ground, you're you're at an advantage. It looks more challenging than it is because it's kind of like a leg press. the The ground is on your back. You're on all. You're on your back, and you have all fours, arms, and legs when you Superman somebody, whatever. Um, and so you're doing leg press, squats, and different things, and mm. but one leg, left leg. So there's a lot of stability, um, which I think you would like a lot. Um, moving from stability, one yeah. one arm, one leg. Uh, it's it's similar to like you know, kind of like bird dog stuff, but with a partner, and it, it's it's cool. Yeah, cool. Right on. Well, so I was gonna say I have a question. I, hey, it's your podcast. That's true. Knock it it's out. Half that's my right. podcast. It is. Uh, so, so um, I'm, I'm trying to think about this in terms of, like, in terms that I'm familiar with. When and, and you know this because you do both. Um, when it comes to like, you know, uh, pressing, squatting, deadlifting, after a while, like once you like get to that inter- intermediate level, it's just a grind. Like it's just putting in the reps, putting in the, you know, adding plates when you can, getting reps when you can. It's just a grind. At your level now, the acro stuff, because I, I, I have no bearing on, on any of these skill sets. What's that, what, what is it like a training um, session look like when you're trying to learn a new skill or you're trying to perfect a skill? Is it lot, uh, like a lot like, you know, if I'm going to warm up for like a deadlift, like a top set of deadlifts, I've got a routine that I go through that I just plug and play. Is it similar to that? Is it... Is it different than that? What is a what is a typical let's say a really hard session like maybe a really hard skill that you guys are still working on now at your I would guess an intermediate level. Mm-hmm. What would be like a hard session? Um, I guess walk me through that because I, I just don't have any frame of reference of what that looks like, what that feels like. It's it's very similar to a to a training session. So you're gonna do something similar to the skill that you're gonna do, but at a lighter level. So, and there's ways to do that. So, it, you know, we may start with um, just, we call them plank presses or bird presses where I'm on my back. I'm doing kind of little uh, leg presses and arm presses. She's doing different things. Um, there's a lot of different kind of warm-up methods. If we're going to do some standing stuff, uh, we'll do something that kind of emulates what we want to get to, but is a lot easier for both of us. And you start with that and you kind of warm up. Uh, and then work towards the skill. Now, the other thing that comes into play too is depending on how high level the skill is. We we got to a level where I mean we're not we're not like world class acrobats or anything, but we got to a level where the skills that we started wanting to train, or the level that we were at, were kind of at a level where you needed a spotter, hmm. spotting belt, an area where you had a lot of mats and different things. So we got to a level where it was kind of hard to get to that next level regularly. Unless, and so now you're bringing in, not only do you need to trust your partner, but you need to trust your spotting partner. Mm-hmm. And spotting is a skill. Spotting is a skill in handstands, and it's a skill in acrobatics for sure. Mm-hmm. It, you know, It's not just you know wrap up and grab somebody. It's, it's understanding the skill and understanding how to help the skill where it needs to be helped without... Uh, interfering to make it harder, um, and there and it it takes it takes time to kind of learn that as well. So mm. that's another thing. So we, we're kind of at that level where where we if we wanted to work on the next level of skills, we needed like actual training facilities with like spotting belts and stuff. Where you basically you have a harness. She's in a harness, and I can toss her into the right. air. And if 
we miss, it's she's not going to die. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's intense but, too because like you, we all know if, if you're trying to for like a hard double on a deadlift, you can just drop the bar. Like if it's not going to go, yeah, you don't hurt the bar. You can if you want to bail out of a front squat, you can bail. When you get another human being, like that's just that raises the stakes that much more. Yeah. And and you can do a level of this that is super fun and and chill and 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 that's kind of what we ended up doing. We ended up tying a bunch of skills together in kind of a fancy way that we liked that was fun and aesthetic to look at. And that people wanted to do, and that's what we would we would travel and teach flows, which were we called them a flow, an acro mutant flow, and so would have a bunch of different skills that we loved tied in together, and there might be tempo in between or or whatever, and that's how we would change it up, because I, once you get to those levels too, I mean this is this is a high level sport. I mean you're throwing people around. It it's I'm not gonna say it's healthy for you, like it, you know, like you said, when the deadlift is off you can drop the bar or mm-hmm. squat or whatever you can't drop the person i'm gonna i'm gonna break my back yeah to catch this person <laughs> that I, and that's what my responsibility is base yeah my responsibility is to be solid support and to catch my flyer at all costs oh, so that's man. a you know that's a thing that you got to go into and sometimes it's a little off and then you know we we had done a couple of like performance stuffs a little bit too and that that gets a little challenging too because you're Things aren't always right. You got a little nerves. You got to make it look right, even if it's a little off. Oh, that didn't feel good, but hey, we made it. <laughs> um, you know, so so there's that that goes into it as well. So, you know, it, it definitely will beat you up some of the top level skills, but some of the basics of learning the, you know, you know, some of the things you learn, you learn to do it easier. You learn the technique. Yeah. You know, and it's bone stacking. It's it's more, a lot of the skills are trying to be efficient. So you're not using all your muscle, you know, to hold right. somebody up. You want to use some mechanical advantage there. So that that's a lot of what you learn, especially in the beginning. Where in the beginning is kind of fun because everybody can fly our base. So like, you know, Ashley will fly me in a bunch of things, um, which is fun. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Andy, would you fly me? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd fly me, though. I think you could. <laughs> I mean, you I should think see you could. Zach's you face on that one. That was, that was great. Some things you, you can't just get. You'd be glad that I'm 20 pounds lighter than I was a few months ago. Because that's a lot of weight. Especially here in that rack position. We need to work on our communication. I, well, here, you know what? I need to be the flyer anyway because I, I have a bad shoulder. And so I can't, I really can't stack you. You hear all of these complaints? Have you tried being strong? Excuses, <laughs> negative self-talk. No, I negative don't. talk to others. Maybe I don't it's, try being strong. I just tell my people to be strong. <laughs> well, we have maybe we have some preliminary work to do before right. we before we'll we fly in base. I was gonna say we'll go to together. couples counseling first. Let's. <laughs> Can we start a couples uh, counseling podcast? <laughs> Zach, how did those comments make you feel? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think we've already started the yeah. Couples Counseling Podcast. Uh, I, I will definitely have a name for that show by next week. Okay. I look forward to that. So here's what I wanted to ask. Here's what I wanted to bring up. Obviously, getting people into handstands uh, on day one is... Uh, I mean, speaking to your point, where like the average person doesn't have much 
uh, let's say body awareness or the physical preparation necessary for a skill like that. But um, where, like, where do you like to start? Whether that's for general calisthenics or handstands in particular, what do you like to start people out with? I know you probably have an extensive wide ranging toolbox, um, but what are some of the first drills, exercises, principles, workout routines that you like to break the ice with people? Well, with handstands, you really want to utilize the wall as much as possible. Um, and there's a, a large, like, you know, there's a large array of, of kind of where you would start depending on super beginner. Uh, can somebody do a push-up? Can somebody hold any weight in their arms or their hands? If they can, then we see how much we can hold of our body weight. And you can start by putting your feet on a wall. So from a plank position, walk your feet backwards up the wall so you're kind of at a slant. Can you do that? Can you hold that for 20 seconds? Can you go further? Hold a little farther? Um, those are kind of like the building blocks of, you know, there's some requirements. Like, do you have enough arm strength? Can you keep your arms locked with your body weight over top? If you can do that, then we can start kind of talking about the skill in general. Wrists, hands, play a different, uh, a big part of it. And the, there's a lot of different, I guess, body types, but there's two main ones that you really have to deal with with handstands, and that's either the super flexible or the super stiff. Hmm. So, the, and, and you know, I fall on the range of the stiff, the stiff guy, um, and then there's the flexible, who have all the mobility to get in a very efficient position in a handstand. If I could, if I could just put them in a handstand, they could. It looks beautiful. Looks like it should stand, but it, there's challenges that come with that. And then there's the stiff person that's very stiff and they might not have all the shoulder range to get there, but they could get in a shape and they'll hold themselves and they'll probably pick up balance a little quicker. Um, so there's a lot of different challenges, but I'm trying to think with handstands, it's very individualized. And if I had a class of a bunch of beginners, we'd start with wall drills and some partner drills where there's drills where I, I like to incorporate partner drills and you probably did this at the, at the class maybe where we would... Um, one person would put hands on the ground and they'd lift a leg in the air and the other person would hold that leg on their shoulder and the other person could push into their shoulder and lift their hips up as high as they felt comfortable to start with and you kind of play with that because getting upside down and getting your hips over your head is a strange, uncomfortable place for a lot of people. And you don't know how far you have to go or not. And so we kind of play with those ranges. And there's a bunch of different drills that I have that, that can kind of get you closer. And to you start at a range that's comfortable for you and you build up from there. Yeah. I seem to remember, obviously, you had a really great progression model, um, you know, from the, from the workshop series. I... I believe the only two classes that we were able to to get into but I remember thinking that some of the progressions seemed too aggressive at, <laughs> at first at first and then I realized oh this is actually what I needed to kind of break through and actually feel what I needed to feel and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I believe you know I'm I'm kind of used to um, 
you know, putting fingertips against a wall and kicking up so that the backs of my heels land with a big thud against the wall. And like, yeah. that's how I do my handstand work. Yeah. Tra- traditionally. Um, You're not alone. Yeah. And then when you then brought us into the progressions of walking up the wall uh, backwards, I guess maybe you would call it, to where your face faces the wall, I was like, this is frightening. This is very, very scary, and I do not think I'm ready for it. But by hook or by crook, it seemed to be the big unlock that really, I think, helped me, helped me nail it. It's almost like he's the expert or something. Something like that. Yeah. And there are some risks in taking on something like doing a handstand. So as much as we can mitigate those as much as possible, there are some positions. Eventually, you have to get upside down and you have to get enough upside down to where you can stack yourself and actually balance yourself in a handstand. Um and that is one of those things where, uh, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it, but typically, belly to wall is what we were we were working on. It is a little scarier for beginners, especially if you're not sure how to turn out. Um, but it is a much better trainer for the handstand versus just kicking up back to wall. Um, basically, if you kick up back to wall, you're already in a falling position. Mm-hmm. So you're leaning on the wall. So... In the middle of the floor, you've already fallen. You're already on your back. Mm. But the wall saved you because you just kicked up to the wall. And honestly, the the handstand is not a a flinging forward motion. It is a growing motion. So you want to push into the ground and extend as tall as you can. And that is what gets you to the handstand. It's not necessarily a traveling all the way through when people just kick up to the wall. Now, I'm not saying that kicking up to the wall is a bad drill because that is a, a good start to get you to feel the space between underbalance, which is not quite getting to the handstand, overbalance, which is getting to the wall. So there's a lot of range there that you have to kind of learn while you're upside down, which the only way to learn is to get upside down. Oh, yeah. God, this is cool. I like that. I'm going to start... You know? I, if my shoulder will let me, I think I'm going to start trying this. Well, we'll do it. We'll okay. incorporate into our... Well, uh, all right. So I guess that might be a good time to for him to plug his class. We'll plug anything you want to plug, but also the class on Thursday you mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a class Thursday evenings. I believe it's at 7 p.m. Could be 7, 7.30. I think it's at 7 p.m., but... You can reach out to Ashley Dance um, if you're interested in, in that. That's a beginner acrobatics class. Everybody can come. Um, our friends, actually, Jeremy and Ashley, teach it, and they run it right now. They're awesome people. We'll be there occasionally. Um, we also... Wait, was there something else I was going to plug? I was going to plug. How can our audience find you if they wanted to come in and uh, do a class? Uh, uh, my Instagram handle is at uh, CoachDZ, so you guys can also reach out to me, and I'll give you all the details that I find. Um, and, yeah, if you want to come in for training, for handstands or anything else, um, you can hit me up or uh, Ashley Dance, which is at Ashley Dance on Instagram. Or the CalisthenicsTrainingCenter.com. That's the website. So, Ooh. one of those. 
You have the calisthenics training center.com? I have calisthenics. I think it's calisthenics training Cal- center. Calisthenics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's our website. That's so, yeah, there's a little form on there. It's a great domain. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. That's what we got. Sweet. So we're rolling. Cool. Well, yeah. Obviously, I've uh, I've played around with uh, handstands. With you know, actually, that also reminds me. At some point in time, I came through and we had a little training session. I want to say maybe at some point, maybe in sometime in 2020, and you were helping me work on the planche, the planche push-up. Ooh, that's a beast. And uh, I remember you had my feet in a resistance band, band yeah. doing push, and that was wild. That was wild doing push-ups with feet elevated a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was super cool. All kinds of ring dips, ring push-ups, all that stuff. So yeah, that's um, I think may I think maybe my builds, I guess you could say, is is friendly to that style of training that calisthenic style of training so it's always something i really relish in getting some some good training um feedback with so that reminds me i need to get back in for another another workout here soon definitely i think i'm gonna have to do the same definitely again if my shoulder will let me i don't know but we'll see yeah and and, yeah with some things like that like you know for some reason you might put your arm straight and it feels okay in that position yeah. it might be total shit but yeah. we'll, have to, I, oh, we'll have to figure it out you might snap your other bicep yeah, no, like, <laughs> as long as we're in no. here i should yeah. be good but yeah. anything out here my shoulder's like nah, uh yeah so yeah. all right yeah we'll figure it out yeah for sure also the you know the calisthenics training mm. in general it's a it's a different uh range i would say like uh that you work than strength training I don't know if, but like it, it's very extended, so it it works a lot to strengthen like oh, I guess like uh, like tendon tissue and that kind of stuff. You, you really get into like a lot of positions. You know when you're pressing something, you get extended, but you don't get extended like mm-hmm. locked out into that super extended range with your scapular and everything. And and that's kind of like every like solid position in calisthenics is that extremely extended scapular protraction position, which I think gives a lot of strength to rotator cuffs and and other things. It also can put a lot of pressure on them if you don't, you know, take the weight off. And that's the challenge with calisthenics uh, progressions and training is you, you can't just, you know, take an arm off. Right. Or leg off. But with bands, we got to adjust and figure out like how much can we take off of your body weight so that you can get the right amount of uh, tension intensity for the, the muscle and the, the exercise that we're training or the, the skill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all that to say, you know, uh, body weight training in any capacity, I think is very important for any lifter and can be very empowering for for any trainee or exercise enthusiast because there is something that is uh kind of fundamentally irreplaceable there's there's really no good substitute for the feeling that you get with manipulating your own body feeling the resistance change in accordance to leverage as opposed to or you know leverage of your own body 
moving your own body as opposed to the moving of an external object. I mean, obviously, I think you know both are super important, but um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm someone who you know outside of kettlebell training, I kind of cut my teeth on this the super basic calisthenics, push-ups, pull-ups, floor work, all that good stuff. Um, and again, kind of being a smaller, more compact dude is something that kind of came a little bit more naturally to me, like right from the get. Um, but uh, I always find something of great value that I can apply to other methods of training that have its has its roots in body control, manipulating, stabilizing, etc. Your your own body first. So, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. There's a lot to, you know, some of the things I've learned from doing calisthenics training versus strength training, which I love both of them. I love both the fields, but uh, that you can, you really can change your body. And I, I don't mean that in a weird way. Like you can, obviously you could build muscle and hypertrophy and stuff, but like it, working towards a skill that maybe you don't necessarily have the flexibility for right now, or you don't have... Um, you know the the strength to get you in the right position you know over time and, and doing some of the progressions and stuff you can literally change your body it's not like you're changing your genetics but it feels like it a little bit because there's things that I just couldn't do in a position that you know back in the day I, I was strong I could lift but I couldn't get my shoulder in a certain position or whatever and, and after you know training it over time your body will change and adapt. And, and that's amazing how, how the body adapts in general. But it does adapt uh, to training and to, you know, consistent training in a certain way. And it'll it'll gain skills that you didn't have, which is pretty cool. And that's I think that's something that I was able to get from calisthenics to understand because I think if I was just strength training, I just didn't really care. I thought I was who I was as far as, you know, being a fairly strong person but not very flexible and whatever and and through training calisthenics i learned that that's not necessarily the case i don't have to just stay with the cards that i have i can actually grow on those a little bit and that was really cool oh i love that yeah yeah that's cool yeah so many calisthenics uh, skills exercises progressions whatever you want to call them uh require so many different puzzle pieces to be to be in play so um that's, I guess, why you kind of could say that, uh, I mean, you could say this for a lot of different exercises. That's kind of why, you know, something like maybe like the Turkish getup is a favorite exercise of mine. Because just by virtue of doing it, we're having to check so many different boxes um, and a lot of like fringe things that you don't even know that you're working on. And obviously that's the case with a lot of bodyweight skill um, because you're not just uh, testing the muscle, you're testing... Uh, your connective tissue, your central nervous system. Um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? That's like intensity, your ability to focus, your ability to stabilize. That's one thing that I've always found is quite a trip from with uh, with bodyweight calisthenics is how neurologically taxing oh, it can sure. be. Like you can for just sure. do. You know, the, some of the body weight uh, workshops that I've been to, I mean, you know, you work on seemingly just isometric drills or short range, range of motion drills or just doing a few reps of something and you just feel totally fried. 
and there's something special and magical about certain exercises that just fire the entire central nervous system and require so much focus, energy, and effort. Um, and so from a strength training response, that's obviously super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that that was very well put. That it, That is something that you can feel with handstands and different things where you... It you know it's not like you did a workout workout where you really fatigued the muscle belly, but your muscles and your yeah like you said the nervous system is fried like you're like man I am just shredded and I did not I, you know I don't know what I did I just did a few you know things I didn't do as much as I you know thought I did but it it definitely uh, has an effect like that it's it's definitely and. and that comes into some challenges as far as programming when you're wanting to learn calisthenics because it is hard not to, um, I want to say, overtrain or overuse because you, you're not really sure. You're kind of using a little bit of everything and it crosses over into a lot of different skills. So you could be using the same muscles day after day and training, even though you're training different skills, some of them are, are needed for some of these other things. So programming is 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 a bit challenging and you gotta you know you gotta work your programming a certain way because it's it's very easy to work the same muscle groups too much to where you're you're fried (laughs) yeah Hmm. you know yeah sweet well right on man that's it and just like that killed it yeah easy we made it yeah (laughs) and this isn't this isn't your first podcast is it this is my first podcast. Oh, look at wow. that. Dude, you're a natural. This, you my, you this is my first yeah. podcast. You and Ash just started a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to compete with y'all. Y'all got a good oh, thing no. going hey, listen, on here. Dude. Listen, the, <laughs> bar, the bar is so low. Yeah. <laughs> we literally show Competition would be a I compliment. I support with yeah. this here. Competition <laughs> would be a compliment. I literally agreed to this podcast if and only if we could drink beer while we did it. And so far, we've made 70 episodes based on that. Yeah. That was a great addition on your part, Andy. <laughs> I know. Because that's one of those things that would get me to to do a podcast on yeah. a, on a regular. Like yeah. you know, you need something extra like that. Yeah, you need, <laughs> it needs to be casual. It's, it needs to be yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. we got to reduce these barriers of entry. Well, I think you guys have done that. Yeah, um, I, I do have a, a, a just a bit of a funny question. What's the longest consecutive time you've held yourself upside down? In a handstand. You ever tried that? In a handstand? Oh, I, I'm i not a uh, like a super endurance person. I've gone two minutes. Two and minutes? So, yeah, two minutes. Okay. And that's that's like, that was at my like peak of endurance. I didn't really have, there's there's some people that train like where they could do like a five minute handstand, which is a little insane for my body type, I would say. It, it, you could do it, but there's, there's like the reward for that. I, I think a skill worth training more that would get you low. like once you get past once you can do a minute to a minute 30 like then you're ready for um other skills okay learning to press handstand which is getting into a handstand without momentum so you just kind of lean forward press yourself up with your oh, scaps and shoulders I've all that seen stuff. You do that. that's incredible. one of those things that like that's really challenging and then also one of the i mean one of the best skills i've ever trained towards was the one-arm handstand mm. and we didn't get a chance to talk about that much but it's one of those things that got me – it made me a better coach because I had to start over. And so when you go from two arms to one, 
it's such a start over in the handstand that I can understand beginners because I'm having the same challenges they are. It sounds ridiculous because I'm doing it on one arm, but I will go through the exact same things. Things that I didn't go through to get my two arm handstand, I went through them to get the one arm handstand, and that was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Mm. So, and I've seen you do it; it's incredible. Well, what I was gonna suggest is a uh, upside down podcast. <laughs> oh. You just you just podcast while on the handstand. It'd be a five minute or less podcast. Yeah, you could do a mini podcast. I just we'd have to. It, you can't talk unless you're upside down. So you get to have some breaks. You come down. Yeah. The other person's up talking, then I gotta get upside down again. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> that some, would be a hell of a workout and a hell of a yeah hell, hell of a practice. practice. Well, and also you probably like at least off script. You'd be like, all right, let's keep this quick. Like, <laughs> Let's stay yeah. on task. <laughs> no, no rambling, no, no ranting. No rambling, yeah. We can't be laughing about it. Maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I go, one. you go, one minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, all that to say, I, uh, I am a big fan and supporter of anyone in any industry, to be fair, but especially in uh, fitness and wellness, and especially here in the Nashville area, anybody who... You know, is clearly uh, passionate and takes what they do seriously, and is not only making this a lifestyle, but um, you know, but also really committing to like the game of self improvement with your own training, with training others, um, is someone who has my utmost respect. So, someone like you and Ashley, and what you guys have done uh, with your gym there, uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm a fan. You know, first of all, even if that's not exactly my uh, go-to style of, uh, of training. I'm, I'm uh, always uh, impressed, entertained, and inspired by the stuff that you guys uh, do. And so that, that's just another example of, uh, you know, just kind of me drawing uh, inspiration and motivation for my own training when I see other people, especially other local folks who are really uh, pushing the bar, so to speak. So it's been an honor to have you on and to learn more about you and your backstory and uh would love to have you and uh ashley on again any old time yeah it'd be great thank uh, you thank you yeah, yeah. so much it. guys thank you yeah appreciate it yeah anything you want to wrap up on nope all right cool. <laughs> all right that's me every time i'm like nah. hey nah. i always i always like to ask <laughs> appreciate the ask yeah man cool well, that does it uh, from us, Andy and Zach and Dustin. We thank you so much for listening to the A to Z show, episode 70. How about that? And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Woo! <laughs>